with that, Paul, sets up, of course. Brian Robinson goes to run in the end zone. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, and this is... Now, this is where I'm going to get a jumbled. You have it. Is this before or after the McLeod dropped interception, which almost struck The McLeod dropped interceptions on first and goal from the 10-yard line. Okay. So then Heineke runs to the one, and in fact, right at my feet, Thibodeau knocks him knocks okay. him down so the Thibodeau, short of the, Thibodeau, the So the Thibodeau tackle happens right after the McLeod dropped interception, which yeah. was one of those, oh, yeah. no, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. had that. So, Okay. So now Robinson at the one seemingly gets in the end zone and here's the flag and the flag comes for wait for it because giant fans are used to this illegal formation. Now the controversy here, Paul, which I think is pretty settled if people have paid attention is that Terry McLaurin looks up at the ref and gives the one hand up to see if he's set or the line judge, the line judge seemingly gives him the okay. However, what is completely lost in this play, if you watch the replay is immediately after he's told he's okay, there is still shuffling going on as far as motioning and stuff going on with Washington. And yes. that motion, both by a tight end not being set on the left side and the slot receiver coming back in motion, is what now negates the proper line of scrimmage setting. So while McClorm is giving the okay, people have paid attention to that and not the formation stuff that happened in the immediacy right before the snap. And it's the sliver. And look, these have been pain in the ass penalties. The Giants have gotten nabbed with them all year long. We've screamed right. about them all year long. In the end, Paul, I hate to say it, I've seen it now. If it's if it's been called on us all year, right call. Yeah, and and that's the problem, Sean. You know, because all year long, these officials have gone flag happy on the illegal formation penalty. It's become yeah. to me almost like that annoying calf injury that guys keep coming up with almost every other week. Right. I mean, right. and 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 look, I do understand why any fan would get ticked off. We Again, we've seen it in like every NFL game. Yeah. But here's the it's problem. It's annoying for sure, yeah. The officials told everybody before the season, they told all the teams, we're going to be very, very careful about this. We're going to look at it carefully because offenses are becoming more complex. They're trying more trickery. They're trying more personnel groupings and more different combinations. And so – these officials have been looking at that penalty under a microscope. So here's the problem. It's been going on all season. You can't complain about it now if you're a Washington fan and say, oh, my goodness, in the spirit of the rule, this is really stupid because how did it really impact the play? Well, that's not the way it goes. Right. Because the rule is black and white, and it's very specific. And, and if there is an infraction, it's either called or not called, and and they've been calling it. Yeah. Look, the Giants so have what, several, do you, what do you want to do? Well, the Giants have had several drives this year derailed by that exact penalty. Yes. And oh, by yes. the way, I know this is really butterfly effecty, but if they weren't calling it all year, you don't know. One of those drives could have amounted to a touchdown in one of these one-possession games where the Giants win another game, and then maybe this isn't as Correct. important to the commanders. So don't now, give me that nonsense. to be fair, Sean, to be fair, okay, I was right on the goal line at the time when this happened, or like on the, on the three or four-yard line. I wasn't maybe right there, but I was right there, if you know what I mean. Right. And the official, the official, when the play was run, he wasted no time, never put up his hands for a touchdown because he knew he had made the call. And he was already charging towards the commanders and telling his brethren, it's not a touchdown. Right. He never hesitated. He knew what his call was. He was making the call. 
And it didn't matter if Robinson went over the goal line or not. It was clear from my perspective, and he was right there in front of me. He had already decided that there was a call. Now, honestly, at the time that it happened in live action, to my eyes, I had actually thought there might have been an illegal motion. Okay. And you're talking about the, right. the shift. The shift. I thought doing. that might have been the thing that he saw. Right. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I thought maybe somebody right. moved. It was, yeah, that. right. It wasn't an illegal motion, but the motion did have an impact on why, you know, yeah. the lineup. Right, exactly. But, 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 but initially, I'm thinking, oh, he called him for a legal motion. Right. This thing's coming back. Uh, so that did not, to me, that did not warrant controversy. Which brings us, of course, to the final play of the game. And Heineke drops back, throws back, and we're going to get to what happened, how Heineke's allowed to make that throw. And the throw is incomplete as Darnay Holmes, in a very physical battle, knocks down the ball. Now, let's take out what me and you, Paul, know is about to come. On a normal third down conversion, could I see? Have I seen that called pass interference in the NFL? I have. I will be fair. I absolutely have. However, I've also seen plenty more obvious ones not called in the NFL. And also, I've seen a lot of fans in the NFL say, hey, let the players play on these big crucial downs on fourth downs and stuff. Stop getting so flag happy. But it's funny when a flag doesn't come out, all of a sudden everybody wants a flag. That being said, Paul, you hit the money on the head here. Money on the head, whatever. You hit something on the head. I'm very tired on Twitter, and it's so accurate. Kayvon Thibodeau, which was almost, I got to be honest with you, from a Giant fan perspective, Kayvon Thibodeau, what happens on this play almost makes the play anticlimactic, and a lot of it has to do with what happened to Daniel Bellinger in Jacksonville. So now I'm just trying to put everybody in a Giant fan head here. This in real time. Kayvon Thibodeau comes off the edge and gets hit into the face and stops, and Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a motor who hasn't stopped all night, is grabbing his eyes, and you're watching this on TV going, Heineke scrambled around, Thibodeau is completely stopped here, he's gotten hit in the eyes, and that no presence of an edge rusher allows Heineke to completely step up and throw this ball, which ends up going incomplete, and everybody, RG3, whoever can find on Twitter, Commanders fans everywhere, how do you not call pass interference, how do you not call pass interference? Well, how do you not call legal hands to the face on Kayvon Thibodeau? Because if that's actually called, you don't even get the playoff. They allowed two things not to happen on that play. Thibodeau's basically, his eyes look like it's going to be gouged out. The only reason a play gets off is because Thibodeau gets poked completely in the eye. That's a penalty. The, yes, everybody's right. There was an egregious missed call on the final play of the game. But it's the illegal hands to the face ball. You know what's really funny about that particular play, Sean? Go back and listen to Bob Papa's call on the radio, or for that matter, Mike Tirico's call on TV. Both play-by-play -play announcers immediately said Thibodeau is out of the play. Yeah. Papa actually called the poke in the eye. Tirico simply said, oh, Thibodeau's just taken out of the play. Yeah. Both play-by-play -play guys saw what had happened, saw Thibodeau's reaction, and saw that he was no longer rushing the passer, he was in great pain, and he was actually walking himself away from the play. Yeah. So if the play-by-play -play guys could see it, it's just kind of odd to me that none of the officials could have possibly seen that. And by the way, so let's, just, let's just think about that for a second. And what really makes me laugh is that I'm seeing so much of the published word 
and even the vocal word by some folks who happen to be on the air this morning who apparently either did not watch or did not listen to the call yeah. and have absolutely no idea that Kayvon Thibodeau was inflicted with hands to the face by left tackle Charles Leno and clearly, clearly had taken himself out of the play because of a penalty that was not called. What did, did everybody who watched the game last night have the volume turned down and decide not to open their eyes until the ball reached the end zone? Is that what happened, Sean? It just shows you, Paul, what you're looking for in a play because I, even as that ball flutters down, I, my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, I hope Kayvon isn't badly hurt. I had visions of what happened to Bellinger. So, uh, Man, you and I sometimes really think exactly alike because yeah, like, I thought I thought Thibodeau was hurt. I thought he yeah. was significantly hurt, and I'm thinking to myself, what the heck just happened to him? Right, for him to stop. So, you know, of course I celebrated the win, but I, I took about a minute and a half to really go, oh, my goodness, okay, we won the game, because the whole time I'm staring at Thibodeau going, this is terrible. He got hurt, he got hurt, he got hurt. So it's crazy to me, and look, I'm just going to say it, you're seeing a lot of it on Twitter and a lot of it everywhere. If your takeaway on that final play is, can you believe they didn't call pass interference, it's lazy analysis. It's just flat-out lazy analysis. Yeah. And you're not, and you're completely missing the biggest star of the game getting jammed in the face, and that's the whole reason the pass could go off. It is lazy analysis. Do yourself a favor, Sean. If you really want to have more fun with this play, go back and look at it. And Thibodeau gets poked in the eye, and Schweitzer, the center, has his hands right up here in the front of Leonard Williams' shoulder pads, right up on the top, and he is yanking. Yeah. With both arms as hard as he possibly can to prevent Leonard Williams from closing the front of the pocket. And he holds on for, let's just say, more than a few spoonfuls of soup. Yeah. And that's it. So I don't want to okay. hear it today. But but no, yeah. nobody, nobody saw that. I, they only saw the contact in the end zone. And Paul, I, I know we're it. a little we're a little bit over here, but on top of that, and if you don't even want to listen to the Thibodeau stuff for a second. Last year, the Dexter Lawrence play that completely changed everything, where the league actually admitted a mistake. Uh, right. Too bad how sad. A couple weeks ago, missing a pass interference on Darius Slayton, the terrible taunting call against Feliciano, which I think Feliciano shouldn't have done anyway. You know, let's not act like the commanders have been, you know, this team stricken with these penalties. The Giants have gotten screwed plenty in these games in Washington. Now, Paul. Sean, it's the quicksand of mediocrity in the NFL where I say it all the time. Injuries, bounces, bad breaks. And calls or non-calls have much more impact on wins and losses yeah. today than they've ever had in the NFL before. And you know what people say? It's a human game. You got to live with it. You can't cry over spilt milk. What happens, happens. Be good enough. Don't put yourself in position to where a call could cost you a game. That's all I've heard for years and years and years and years. Well, you know what? If it's been good enough for the uh, NFL brethren to say that for the last decade, well, then it's good enough to say it again this morning, isn't it? Totally is. Totally is, Paul. And uh, I don't want to wrap yet without mentioning two names, at least worthy. I think you'll agree with me on this, but I think they're honorable mentions. And when I tell you I am about out of gas here as I'm on two hours sleep, I will tell you this. All right. Two guys who were not out of gas that I think honorable mention for their play last night. Number one, 
Landon Collins, that final activation off the practice squad. He was so good downhill in a pivotal spot where the Giants had gotten run over a bunch. He gave the Giants some thump uh, on the inside linebacker downhill stuff in that run game. I thought that was a tremendous moment last night for Landon Collins, Paul. Yeah, and you know, I talked to him after the game, and he wasn't very emotional about it. I thought he might be. He was kind of a matter of fact about it. And he knows what he can do. He believes in himself. And he wants to be part of the reason that this team makes the playoffs. And I do think that he did make some very significant veteran-type plays yesterday where his smarts and his toughness can help show the way for some of the younger guys on this team. And the other guy was an absolute goat a week ago, and I think has had a really subpar year, but I thought was really good. And you're not going to get this many other podcasts. I thought Jamie Gillen last night had a really good night punting the football. I mean, the Giants were pinned deep a couple times. uh, And he, in a game that came down to a lot of field position, look, I don't have stats to back this up, but I thought that was one of his best punting games I've seen him punt this year for the New York Giants. Well, I'll give you a couple numbers. Uh, Three of his five punts down inside the 20, and his net was 41.8. Jeff Fiegels would tell you he'd sign up for that any day of the week. Yeah, And oh, oh, by the way, can I just throw Aziz Ojolari into this thing? Oh, too? he's been great. He's been great since coming back. Oh, again. The, the, the Thibodeau-Ojolari edge rushing combination has really, really paid dividends for Wink Martindale because the Giants got gashed by, what, 150 yards, I think, last night on the ground. Yeah. So let's not make any mistake. They did give up some, some big plays. They did give up a consistent amount of yardage in the ground game. But as I said to Wink Martindale as we were leaving the stadium yesterday, I said, Wink, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time moments. And that's what the Giants did last night. That's right. They weren't consistently great for 60 minutes. But the guys who needed to show up showed up when the spotlight was on at its hottest. And that sometimes – is what you need to do to gut yourself to a victory. And now the Giants, on a short week, get ready for Christmas Eve in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And there's a lot of scenarios that could happen. The Giants could be in position to clinch a playoff spot on Saturday. So we will get you all set at the end of the week and look ahead to Christmas Eve in Minnesota. Uh, Paul, where can we get you on Twitter all week with practice updates and whatnot? At Giants WFAN. And you can get me at Mraz CBS. Thanks to producer Adam. And thanks to everybody for taking one giant step with us.